The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome to Healing City Podcast. My name is Eric Seepin. I'm pastor at The Village, and across from me is Michael Kuzna, who everybody at The Village knows, who is our possibly new pastor at The Village. Well, it's scary to hear, hear it said that way, yeah. Someday, we will hopefully be calling you Pastor Michael. Wow. Right. Okay. And then, as you continue to do it, you might get a nickname like me and just be Church. That's right. <laughs> Church, church, can you do this? So, yes. Anyway, so this has been a conversation that we've had for a while, and then we announced it to the leaders, and the leaders kind of thought and prayed about it. And then we announced it, what, a month ago to the whole church? Has it been that long already? Maybe it has. It feels like it. Okay. Mm, It has, maybe it's close to a month. Well, I mean, it's getting to be at that point where you need to speak now or forever hold your peace kind that's, of thing. About that's like, right. Yeah. I mean, you basically have till the last Sunday of August. Right. To, to speak. Bring up your objections. You bring know. up your objections. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. <laughs> anyway, anything you need to offer Michael or things you got to work out with Michael, then you got about a month to do that. Right, and I have been meeting with people, um, mostly through my initiative, but a few have reached out um, more recently to want to talk to me about things. And uh, So what what have some of the responses been like? What are some of the questions that people ask you? Uh, People want to ask me very thorny and practical uh, theological theological questions. So what are, I mean, just talk about what are some of the theological questions? Uh, Women in in, uh, leadership roles have been, that's probably been the trickiest one. And has that been a lot or just one, two? It's been almost everybody I've talked to has wow. wanted to say something about that or at least ask me what my okay. what my view was and whether I was going to clash with you about things. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, so I guess I can say I have a pretty traditional or classical or standard view um, and it, and we'll work it out. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. And yep. that's pretty much my short answer in case anyone else wanted to know. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, we believe in working it out and we believe men like this issue is not something to divide over. Right. Right. So I, I think that I can be an elder with other elders where we have some disagreement. I don't know that we have like really strenuous disagreement. Right. And I think probably what all of us would come down on is that. Whatever your position is or how you understand the roles of men and women within the church and in the family, you should not probably be in a community where women are not being honored. Well, yeah. That's right. That's (laughs) That's like a yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and and I think – and where those women feel comfortable with having a voice in in the process and what's going on. They may not hold positions. They may hold positions, but honoring them as image bearers is a big – an important part. Right. And I think anybody would say yes to that phrasing. They would. And then we'd have to say, okay, and then really what does that mean? What does that mean? And exactly. then we flesh that out. Right. And we're always in process. Yes. Things. 
because uh, we're dealing with a very ancient text <laughs> as, as we wrestle with what God wants yes. us to do in this present time. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that was one. What other questions have you gotten asked? Um, so how's my wife going to deal with this? Okay, um, that's a good one. Right, how's my marriage going to survive <laughs> How's my marriage going to survive? <laughs> Hopefully uh, the other elders will care for me <laughs> and my wife. Right, Um yeah, those have been the ones. Those okay. have been the, the ones, big ones. The big ones, yeah, is like how am I going to operate as a family that's now going to be stepping into a much more formal ministry role. Right. And um, everybody who has had experience with formal ministry, it just makes them nervous. Yeah. For good reason. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot more spiritual attack. There's a lot more um, social pressure. Um as soon as you say to someone, especially the word pastor, I feel like you can kind of slide a little bit under the radar with the word elder. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you bring forth this, that's why when you said earlier in this podcast, the word pastor, I was like, oh, that's very loaded. Right. Right. Because like, our elders are pastors. Right, right. Right. So that's how we, we view them. Exactly. So um, I've kind of had an out in the past and at least for the next month or two. <laughs> I could speak in front of the church, you know, and and, sure. and I can, you know, preach, give the sermon, and uh, people will say this, that, or the other thing, and I'll be like, "Well, you know, I'm just a guy." I'm just, I'm just, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. talk to the elders, right? Exactly, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and now I, I can't wiggle out of it. You know, yeah. I really have to stand behind what I'm saying. I mean, it's not that I've never stood behind what I'm saying, but there's a lot there's more. A certain spiritual gravitas. There is. You had get like we as elders, as you taught, are saying we approve of this person. Right. Now you are one of the we approve people. Exactly, like, who approves people and stands behind them and right speaks with a certain authority. Right. So in the past, maybe people could be bothered by things that I said, but, you know, then they're like, they don't necessarily take it too seriously because it's not necessarily attached to the position of the church. Right. And now if I say something and someone has a problem with it, now they might have a problem with the church. Yeah. Yeah. So so can you talk a little bit about what you are um kind of what your anxieties are about stepping in. You've already okay, well, touched, on, <laughs> you've touched on those. And then maybe a couple like, yeah, this is what I'm excited about. Oh, well, maybe I can start with the, the excited about. I'm really excited about being able to serve the church more fully with more of my time, more of my energy. And I really couldn't think of a better thing to be doing with my time and attention than serving this particular church, the Village Church here in Tucson. Uh, I love... Being here, um, I now, when I leave and I go away somewhere else, I want to be back because I want to be involved with the people of the church. And um, they're my friends, they're my support, and they're the people that I want to build up and help guide into further relationship with God. Um, And that's very exciting to me. All that's super exciting to me. It doesn't mean it's not difficult. Like I'm I'm aware, I'm not fully, you know, I'm probably super naive because I haven't really been doing this yet but i think i have some idea of the difficulty that lies ahead so i'm not just pollyannish about this but um i'm prepared to face that i'm willing to face those challenges that difficulty um what's going to be hard i'm less nervous about preaching although with the caveat that i just gave is like all of a sudden now it's not just that i'm preaching as one among many just opinions in the church but now I carry forward kind of the opinion of the church to some degree. Yes. Um, so that's a little bit 
but I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I feel like I can have a kind of theological back and forth with people. I think where it gets really difficult is when, um, when we have people at the church struggling through their marriages or struggling with their sexuality or with addictions or, you know, um, they have deaths or, you know, people get attacked. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, people are really super sick. People go through a lot of intense difficulty that churns up all kinds of intense spirituality and and emotion and, um, and people like change or show different sides of themselves that are really sometimes scary. Yeah. Hard to deal with. Yeah. Um, and now it's like, uh, I used to be able to be like, well, that, that doesn't seem like, uh, it fits for me right now, Eric. <laughs> like, why don't you go take care of it? And now it's like, no, no, that's now not, now that's my job. Right. I don't really get to right. uh, opt yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you get to step into the path to being an over shepherd. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And into caring for the, the people. Wow. Yeah, that was the, hey, I've been doing this 20 years, it gives me trepidation, which is good. It make, We should be. We yeah. Should, we should be doing this with fear and trembling. But yeah, those are, I mean, it's kind of the new job, too. Like, you don't know what that's going to look like or how you're going to experience it till you do it. Right. And so that'll be just sort of learning on the job um, training. So, yeah. Cool. So maybe just uh, one, people should talk to you. Even if they, they don't have any problem with it, just to give you encouragement or to ask you some good questions, give you some good village questions to kind of sure. ponder. And get to um, know me. And to get to know you. Especially if you don't if you don't know me already, definitely right. get to know me. If you know me already, I would love to get to know you better. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm excited about doing. So for people who don't know, the elders of the church and the leaders of the church, we have a, a list we call the shepherding list. And they're you know, on our shepherding list there are over 110 adults and something like 45 kids, 50 kids under the age of 12. So that's a lot of people too. You don't know everybody. People may be acquainted, but you don't know everyone. Mm-hmm. In fact, recently we're in a leadership meeting and people are offering people things in the group that I was in. And, and one of the phrases that even on the leadership team was, well, I don't know you super well, but how I have observed. And that's on a... 14 person, I don't know, 16 person leadership team that we have. Right. So that so not everybody knows you and so they should go get to know you cuz you're going to be the one shepherding them. Right. And well if you're at all excited at getting to know me, just yeah. you know, use this as an excuse to do it, right? <laughs> cuz you're excited. Right. And, you know, and if you always wish that we would hang out, but you never had the moment to do it, like this is a good good a good in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get him before he gets you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and FYI, I might be reaching out to some of you who are listening and yeah. poking you and prodding you a little more. Yeah. That'll be cool. Um so yeah, maybe so the other I guess the other thing is is there can you talk a little bit about I don't know, look looking in your uh, prophetic mirror? Um, for a moment and, and hopes <laughs> and dreams getting disney fairy tale things well yeah. yeah okay but just, sure go ahead just what what are your hopes for the village in the next year next two years like in the sense of where do you want to see them be what kinds of things do you want to see happen what are your kind of well i've been doing some stuff to make the building operate better physically speaking like uh you know 
And I would love for the building to be even more functional than it currently is. I mean, it's a huge blessing, but there are so many things that could use improving about the physical building. So I would love for that to continue to improve yeah. about the pace it's going. Although if, an, you know, if there's any donor right now, you know, who just is sitting on a, you know, like you know, you got piles of cash, boatloads of cash that you would well, like I mean, to. What was it, if we had a, the, the building team was talking about, if we had a hundred thousand, what would we do? Yeah, we would definitely resurface the parking lot. Yeah. So if anyone wants to fund the resurfacing and repainting of the lines and the reorganization, you know, yeah, having a better like layout for cars to park, all of that would be fantastic. Yes. Um, Amen to that. But yes, I don't see that as a necessarily a prophecy, as more of like a please, yeah, please, yeah, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> that's it's a, a prayer. It's a, it's a prayer, it's not a, a prophecy. Yeah. Okay, but yes, um, the other thing that I would love to see is um, an even more attentive and um, organized way of educating our children, um, and not just on Sunday Sunday service times, right. So something that goes further into what we often hand over to private schools, public schools, and that we would have some thought and care taken in the way that we as parents collectively within the church are raising our kids and sending them to teachers, that maybe we would use each other as the teachers more and more for the things that we would like our kids to learn and grow in. Um, rather than completely outsourcing that to some to other people that we don't know nearly as well, um, and it doesn't need to be an exclusive either or thing. But sure. I would love to spend some more time uh, discussing that, and then maybe putting that into practice in the coming, say, five years. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, a- anything else you'd want to add in- to that? Well, I I just. To like just the, your vision for the village, and I mean, I've always had this kind of pipe dream of like having this very philosophical, theological, you know, intellectual kind of thing going on where we're addressing the thorny head problems of people in the culture and how they relate, how they keep them from God, basically. Yeah, um, I think actually we kind of just do that naturally as a church at this point. Yeah. Um, but I would continue. I would love to see that um, more physical space opened up, um, more yeah. more scheduling space open up for those kind of sure those sure. kinds of things. And I, I think probably just simply by me being here and being being a visible part of the church that's noticeable yeah. from the outside, we might just naturally start to see that happening. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that uh, you'll be stepping into if you become an, a pastor elder at the village is in a way you're taking the spot of rod in the sense of, I mean, not necessarily in the order because maybe I am because I'm no, the you are now the, the lead, the lead pastor. No, but <laughs> I, I'm the oldest pastor. And so, um, but could you just talk a little bit about maybe some things that rod has offered you over the years that oh, you man. would want to hold on to and bring, bring to the church? Rod, um, rod shows up for people. So if you tell him you would really like him to be somewhere, he will most likely be there, um, unless there's some other thing that just keeps him right, keeps him from doing it. Um, and, and it can be really silly things. Um, I'm sure if you told him you wanted him to come to your, you know, very young kid's birthday party, he would show up. Um, he 
has done that for me when I'm struggling through school in my undergrad here at the U of A. Um, anytime I've been having trouble with my mental health, he's been there for me uh, to pray for me to be like physically in the same room as me to talk through things. Um, when I've been, been making some knucklehead decision, he's been around to tell me so. Um, and that's really impressive cause he's such a big guy. So I, I don't know if I'm going to have the uh, physical stature to pull off everything that Rod <laughs> did, but hopefully I can try to have the same kind of attitude and care that he shows to people. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. That's very true. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I would like to say that I'm really excited um, to, for the possibility of you coming on staff and being one of the three elders, and I'm excited about what God's doing. I think one of the things that just keeps sticking with me is that you said when we presented you at, to the, the community as a candidate that you're like, I have been at this church for 17 years. I have. And yeah. I thought like, that's the beauty of this. Like this isn't, you're not a person that nobody knows. We're not saying, Hey, the, the, the pastoral committee got together. They interviewed a bunch of people. It's like, no, basically we've been interviewing this guy for 17 years and we've watched him grow up and we've watched him get married and we know his wife and we know them in community and we think God's calling them and everybody can, nobody's like, well, who's Michael? Right, everybody knows you, and I like the fact that you said that this church has been a means of grace. Could you just talk a little bit because you know most people understand what the word means of grace means, <laughs> but not everybody. Sure, and can so you elaborate a little bit on that? So every you yeah yeah it's it's so grace is God's empowering energy force. Um, I don't even know how exactly to say it, but I mean, it's like the spiritual power that God gives to people to change them, form them, um, sustain them. And that's the avenue, the path that that grace has taken has been through this church, the people of it, um, and all the different structures and events and um, routines that this church has, has been leading me to God and putting me in front of him so that I can be changed for the better um, in the ways that I've been messed up in my mind and in my habits. Um, a lot of the pokier edges of myself have been softened. <laughs> uh, to use a Corey Gilchrist analogy that I stole like a rock tumbler <laughs> over mm -hmm. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I'm I'm better for it. I think people that know me are better for that as well. Yeah, yeah. That's really good. Well, Michael, thank you for just sitting down in the uh, like 85 degree podcast studio <laughs> to talk to me about this. It's a very Tucson moment. Yes, it is a very Tucson moment. I uh, I'm preaching on Haggai, or as some people say, Haggai. It seems mm -hmm. that it's uh, at debate as to how you would say it, but. It's like one of those few books because it's a post-exilic book that we know the exact dates of when it was written, like to the day. And uh, it starts out in the sweltering summer. And so nice. our, uh, just like We will relate then. <laughs> but we can fully relate to doing life in the sweltering heat. 
um, and trying to figure out how to follow God because it's 105 outside or something Ooh, like that. Wow. So anyway, thank you for doing that with me. And uh, this is a, yeah, this is really exciting. I'm excited about what God's doing. Um, and uh, the procedure, if people are wondering what's going to happen, is that the last Sunday of October, our, uh, August, last Sunday of August, we oh. will announce to the church that no, if if no one has said <laughs> there been no objections or we've worked through everything that needs to be worked through, passed. <laughs> that he passed, um, and uh, no, that we've affirming him, you as an elder, and you'll go through kind of a little month of ordination, and then we'll have an ordination service at the drumming circle where you will be ordained as a pastor and elder. Oh, at a drumming circle. Okay. Why do I keep saying drumming circle? Sorry, guys. Belonging service. Belonging service, not drumming circle. At the belonging service, we will ordain you. And uh, one one thing I'm totally looking forward to is we, like we did this for, for, I think, for Corey and for Mark and for Julie, and we steal it from the Orthodox Church. But we're all going to sing Axios over you, which means worthy. And it's just a beautiful, it's part of the Orthodox ordination service. And it's just a great, beautiful way of affirming you. Um, so looking forward to that. Cool. And uh, then you will kick in after the belonging service. He kicks in full speed, guys. He will be yes, getting, and- getting up to snuff just in time for Pastor Mark to leave on paternity leave with his wife. We'll probably oh, have a baby at the end of October. So <laughs> You will definitely need me then yes. all of a sudden. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say. You have anything you want to say? No? All right, cool. Thank you, Michael. All right. <laughs> You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Susan Seepin and Eric Seepin. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.